0: All right. Good morning, uh, if you are from where I am, and good afternoon, if you're where my guest is. Um, This is the Sober Heathen Podcast. We're live Sunday morning. We're going to talk today. Uh, This is a recovery podcast, but a huge part of recovery is your mental health. And today that is going to be the focus. Um, I know for men especially, it's really hard to ask for help. And I know for everybody, it can be very difficult to find a place to uh, get that mental health. And uh, the guest today is somebody who is um, is doing things to try to make that easier for people to find. And um, without me trying to explain what he does, I'll bring my guest Leo on. Leo, uh, good afternoon, sir. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure to talking to you about my attempts to help people that struggle with addiction and recovery. So, yeah, so- yeah I mean, You've introduced me a little, so I'm a 30-year-old uh, mental health entrepreneur from Germany. And um, I just started my journey like six months ago because um, I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 29 and I felt like disadvantaged in um system and society. And therefore, I really felt like I needed to make a change. So in the beginning, I wanted to become a psychotherapist because I'm studying psychology, but then I figured, okay, I just want to do more. I want to help more people. I want to reach more people. I want to build something scalable in the um, psychotherapy sphere. And yeah, which is why I started Beyond You. And right now we have built built an app through which people can book services, which will be launching soon in March. And additionally to that, we are looking into data analytics to advance research and AI development. And one of our use cases specifically also is addiction recovery. So it's about having like a virtual counselor to talk to. So the last two points I mentioned are just roadmap on the roadmap itself. The app uh, will be launching soon and yeah, we hope to be able to provide a lot of value worldwide. It's a global mental health, global mental health care ecosystem. So this is our attempt to help people.
0: Oh, what great timing. Uh, um, Stuff's beginning to roll out in March. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, Okay. so yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, a a little bit, you know, um, in the beginning, there's it's, it's not very easy to always find mental health care is somebody speaking for myself i just found a new counselor the other day and um, there is an issue with my insurance either on their end or 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 my end my end seems to be fine Uh, but i got a bill that rolled in for 360 dollars for a one-hour visit and it was like holy crap So talk a little bit more uh, about what the app will do for people to help them find uh, people. Uh, The AI is interesting. Let's talk about that separately, Mm but a a little bit of what uh, you plan to do with the app.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we plan to build, uh, we've already built an app that we'll be launching soon. And through that app, people can book mental health services. So psychiatrists, psychotherapists, coaches, yoga, meditation teachers. So, anyone really that can help with bettering one's mental health. And as you said, it's not really affordable to be paying a counselor these days if you are paying it on your own. And this is just largely due to the fact that there are uh, too few therapists. So we try to tackle this problem from a few different angles. First of all, we want to make it more affordable in first world countries by counselors from third world countries offering services. And mm, it has a lot of to do with regulation and lobbying in a positive sense within politics. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, there are some cultural differences when you talk about um, mental health. But overall, like the treatment approaches are somewhat similar. So it's, it's already happening, and I see this on a global larger scale as a vision for the future that someone, for example, from Nigeria, where they have uh, very good English speaking, very educated people giving online therapy to someone in the US, and we can be offering that at a much uh, cheaper rate and um, still high quality care because we are ensuring um the quality of the therapists on our platform so this is this is one attempt how we are going to make it more affordable in um for people in the first world and obviously we also have the other way around but i don't want to go too overboard um this is just one attempt how we can better um the situation um in the first world
0: yeah oh that's given opportunities to everybody opportunities to for people to um, provide the service and opportunities for mm-hmm. people to get the service. So that's that's fantastic. I mean, mental health mm-hmm. is mental health. I know that we can uh, get shoehorned into, like, you know, our environment and think that things are, you know, this is – I know for me with my mental health, it's like I'm the only one going through this. This is – this. why is this happening to me, 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 me? But this is a worldwide thing. Mental health is, you know, it's everywhere. It affects everybody not exactly the same, but everybody feels that same way. Like if this is just, it's happening to me. And when you, when you, when it's, I know for me, especially in addiction, when I would reach out and ask for help and it's like, yeah, we can't get you in for a month and a half. Uh, yeah. We don't accept your insurance. Oh my gosh. You know, it, it was just way easier just to just say, all right, screw it. I'm not even going to try this. I'm just going to go back to the bottle because that is going to, make me feel like it's helping me right now right
1: yeah definitely I mean you're talking about a very good point there that the system itself is not really established in order to help people that struggle with addiction or with other mental health issues and I think this largely comes down to mental health issues being destigmatized you know so I mean, with physical health, a lot of people don't have any trouble to say, oh, this person has severe illnesses in that regard. But with addiction, it's like, I think anyone that does not work in the mental health care field does not really understand that addiction is a disease and a coping mechanism. And that is not something that people with a lacking willpower just choose to do you know so it's also a lot about destigmatizing mental health in order to better the conditions of um, mental health care services and this is something that i'm also passionate about and really looking forward because it's about talking openly about it sharing it not not being vague about it you know i feel like in the past a lot of people especially with addiction um people used to say not oh he's addicted to x y z it's just like some uh, random made up description like mm-hmm. oh he uh, he likes to re- have a drink once in a while you know something like that and you say it with uh, yeah. like, n- not very openly and i think it's um it it should should obviously change And therefore at beyond you, we are also looking to build a community where people can just have a safe space and uh, sharing, um, their mental health struggles because, um, a lot of people are just being discriminated against for their mental health struggles. And I want that to change.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And I, I try to speak about my experience the most because that's what I know the most. And there are people out there that will look at this guy as just drunk, you know, because it, it, that's all they've seen me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's people that have went through this journey with me walk walked this path with me. And they look at a guy that's not a bad guy. He just made some bad choices and he was going through, he had some mental health issues and, and he was going through an addiction. And I think that stigma that you talk about, it's really easy for people that have never experienced it to sit on the side of the road and, oh my goodness, look at that drunk. Well, you don't know what happened. You don't know what brought this and it is a coping mechanism. I believe that hundred percent to, to find yeah, that yeah. that gives you peace. It, I think that, I think the big book says it really well when it says ease and comfort, because that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We're looking for ease and comfort. That's why we have that blanket. That's why we have that couch. That's why we have the, you know, the cooling systems and stuff. We're looking for that instant ease and comfort.
1: Yeah, definitely like that de- instant ease and comfort and way to relieve one's emotions and I mean, for some people, it's it's understandable because it's tough to find other ways of relieving one's emotions. After all, that's just just one set a facet uh, as to why one uh, someone could get addicted. Um, But after all, it's important not to be to be judging about it and just um, find giving people, I guess, a new mode of expression. I like to, um, I like, for example, Grant Cadone very much. Um, he's like uh, the most, um, influential, uh, most uh, the biggest sales trainer worldwide. And I was following him for quite a bit. And he said that he has been addicted and going into rehab back and forth. And like, Basically, he beat his addiction by fueling his um, drive to have more experience, more by just going hardcore into sales. And now he is like worth uh, 300 million dollars. So he has just this this seeking thrill and always the next one, the next one he has. At least this way, how how he portrays it, his addiction by just um, going relentlessly after something that is positive in the long term for him so I found that quite intriguing because he left the mental health um like the sobriety clinic and the counselors were like to him okay I mean most people come back here but um, grand condo just said okay i'm I'm never coming back I'm just <laughs> fueling my my energy into something something else and I mean sure you could then be arguing maybe he got addicted to work uh, or whatever. But after all, he has found a positive mode of self-expression that is also contributing something positive to the world. And that's quite valuable. And yeah, I I really appreciate you also getting into podcasting. So I, I also haven't done uh, research on you, Scott. Um, um, if I may ask what what channels are you active on, what is your attempt to destigmatize mental health.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm everywhere that I can afford to put myself right now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's really good websites out there that uh, that throw my podcast out on like Apple and Spotify and Google and all those things. Um, I wrote a lot of my uh, beginning podcast ideas when I was in jail, um, dealing with some of the repercussions of my choices while I was drinking. Um, the, and being in jail and seeing the stigma that these guys were, you know, and the mental health issues these dudes had that were actually, you know, for the most part, pretty decent people. They just, they didn't have the help that they needed. They didn't have, there was no, there was no pathway for them to be like, oh, okay, when I get out of here, this is what I'm going to do to better myself. Um, a combination of lost hope and the system, chewing them up and spitting them out had created this you know, revolving door of there's nothing I can do about it. And that's why when I see people like yourself that are trying to make these things more affordable and, and more accessible, it, it really gets me excited. It, you know, just like the gentleman you're speaking of with the, you know, getting that dopamine from getting that next sale. I get dopamine from having a chance to see somebody get some help, you know, to have people on the yeah. podcast and share their story because um, you know, when I, I chose to be as authentic as I can and tell everything about it. So my whole story is out on the web right now. And <clears throat> like you said, a, a place for people to feel comfortable. I, I try to share when I'm having a bad day, I try to get on and talk about it. When, I've, when I'm when i doing a podcast, whether I'm doing it with friends or solo, and I'm like, I could drink today. I, that kind of sounds like a good idea. I want to talk about it. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to find a way to get it because I'm far enough down the road of recovery where I know that's not a bad idea, or that is a bad idea. But I want to, because we can't ignore it. And I think that's what like a lot of people do. They have these feelings and they, they want to get help, but there's no help. So they ignore it and they push it down farther and farther and farther and farther until it eats them alive. And that's what happened to me. And that's what turned me into a drinker, a heavy drinker, uh, an alcoholic for 20 years.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I understand how it has developed for you, but... Um... As you mentioned, I think you found a very good way of putting yourself out there and also your emotions and not holding anything back by just posting it on social media. And I also believe in that if you are just radically honest to yourself and you put yourself out there, it's, it's, a, it's a way of regulating yourself and your emotions and you just um, do not turn to the bottle or you do not turn to violence or you do not turn mm-hmm. to... Uh, depression or anxiety all those negative mental health consequences they just stem from people suppressing their emotions and not finding an adequate way to express them and therefore it is important to find a a mode of of self-expression obviously there are some mental health issues that are not so much related to it but quite a few of them and yeah therefore it's it's really good to to put yourself out there and to to confront yourself with your own emotions that's great
0: yeah and uh as you said you know the, the guy getting into sales you know that might be another addiction well there I, I believe that everybody has some sort of addiction of something you know um but there's healthy ones and then there's destructive ones and gosh darn it going out there and making sales and becoming worth 300 million dollars a pretty healthy uh freaking addiction you know what i'm saying um yeah. wanting, wanting to help others you know that's a healthy one uh, crocheting uh, cooking, you know, those type of things, those are all healthy things. It's for me, you know, he has a purpose now. And I think, you know, uh, the opposite of addiction that I've found is connection and connection to this purpose. So he's found a connection to these sales and doing these things. I've found a connection to the people that are in the recovery community and doing these podcasts. Um, and it's given me purpose. I didn't have purpose in my addiction. I had no idea where my life was going. I had no idea what this, the path of drunkenness was going to lead me to other than the next model. And then all of a sudden I'd found some help that I needed and that's that's all I needed. I just finally needed somebody to open a door for me or to shine a light down a pathway that I couldn't see and, and here we go. And that's why people like yourself and the people that you're working with and what you're doing, I feel is so super important.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely because you are talking about a very central theme here, not only like being authentic to yourself and being honest with yourself seeing your emotions but also finding a true purpose in life and i feel like um a lot of people that um got addicted were not able to find their purpose yet and it's it's one contributing factor why they got addicted but You know, like traditional psychology maybe struggles with this a little bit because it's just like, yeah, they try to measure what is measurable, you know, like the heritage of the father was addicted or if you have other mental health issues. But like having a deep meaning, like a life vision of yourself, I believe just makes people less prone to addiction because... They, they know why they are going through their suffering, and they know that there's something worthwhile to pursue. And when, when they really want to pursue it and maximize this, most people uh, realize pretty quickly that taking drugs, uh, alcohol, um, smoking, is just not contributing to their pursuit of something meaningful.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah 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 uh, what you had talked about and sorry kind of I'm jumping around here but you had, you had talked about um, you know the regulatory problems. I know that you know you have there's rules and regulations and things that you have to follow. Um, I, I don't need you to go into detail, but there's obviously going to be roadblocks when you're trying to do something worldwide because I know here in the states, If there's somebody that I, that if I have a friend that lives in a state next door to me and they have really good, uh, they have a really good therapist or they have a really good counselor, you know, psychiatrist, I can't just go see them because my insurance doesn't cross state lines. Is there something that you guys are doing to help be able to alleviate that?
1: Well, we do it in the sense that we, um, getting mental health care services at a cheaper rate but we ensure the quality at the same time so for example someone from nigeria giving therapy to someone in the us and i um, sure a lot of people now might argue that it is now taking away capacities from um, people in the third world but um, on the other hand we are looking at uh, people from the fir- first world Um, therapists also giving pro bono therapy and sure like therapists are overworked they have too many demands but at the end of the day if someone is saying okay we have um, an opportunity to even educate people in the third world um, like uh, to give therapy there online and also travel there um, potentially educating others what can be done about mental health, um, it it will just have a network effect itself. And also with the AI we are developing, it's about um, making therapy like uh, ensuring that therapists have less work in a way because a lot of requests that um, mental health care professionals get are just out of um, life circumstances, let's say. So, for example, someone that has read uh, about uh, ADHD and for like two days and they've just gone down that rabbit hole on the internet and uh, then they've taken some drugs at the same time and on off the sun they believe they have ADHD. So, um, it's about filtering down when care is really needed this is what the ai is really all about but also by taking uh, people seriously you ha- still have to take them seriously and not downplaying it but true. this is just our yeah. attempt to 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 prioritize people in mental health and i think a lot of counselors struggle with this because they don't know what's happening if someone is writing a mail if they are just being so emotional or how true is it so it's also about digitizing diagnostics to a certain extent. And oh I mean, th- there are solutions like that already. But our approach is all about interconnectedness, you know, because um, we have uh, online therapy, we have data analytics, and we have AI development, and all of them are interconnected. And um,
0: yeah, yep. so dude, <laughs> the, the AI, is free. Going, the, the AI is going to be so freaking helpful because i look at like i i I do recovery coaching for for a living so i'm certified Mm -hmm. here in the state to to be a recovery coach and the amount of paperwork and things that i have to do uh, behind the scenes is not near what the therapist said to do so what people don't understand that clogs the you know that that clogs things up quite a bit because for every assessment that a therapist does for every individual therapy session the, the with the insurances and, and the regulations and the paperwork, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they have to fill out, they spend an hour with you. And now they spend an hour doing paperwork. And so I think AI is going to be a tremendous help and help alleviating some of that stuff. And that alone is going to open up doors. So the fact that you guys are using AI, I mean, I go and I talk to Grok on, uh, on X and that thing's like I'm talking to a real person, man. It, AI is unbelievable right now. It really is. And the, the fact that you guys are going to utilize that, that's just fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I mean, we we are doing whatever we can. And it's it's not so much about um, taking like work away from people with AI. Oh. I, I think in mental health care, a lot of people get this concept because it's about making everyone suffer less from their mental health issues. And um, I mean, even even therapists admit that there are oftentimes certain patterns that uh, certain individuals fall into. And therefore, an AI is just really, really trainable. And um, it is trainable because there's a big community behind it, which we are planning to build and um, obviously, the data is going to be anonymized. This is our highest priority because sure. um, it's it's a sensitive issue, obviously.
0: Yeah, KB, I, I hope it doesn't stay that way, though. Um, like the assessments that you do when you go in for your first uh, treatment with a therapist, I, I could see AI handling that because, like you said, there are, there are pathways. But maybe I'm jumping the gun on that. You know what I mean? But Well, yeah.
1: I, I think one has to differentiate between like um what people are willing to put out there and i mean obviously like the individual they can feel free to share whatever they want you know like people uh and and then on the other hand you should be looking at um how we as a business are proceeding with the data and obviously this is going to be anonymized to train the ai and also to um provide research data for like uh, cl- clinical medical research so
0: awesome what can we do to help you out is there anything that we can do to help you out right now
1: well um our main channel of uh growth of uh, posting online is uh, twitter x.com and uh, we are quite active there posting every day i really believe in the future of the platform which is why i chose it to begin with And um, it would be great if you could uh, leave a follow on there. And gradually we'll be getting into more channels. You know, we have secured the domain. I have uh, opened up an Instagram, Facebook threads account, so on and so forth. But, you know, we are a young startup with uh, one IT founder, me as a marketing sales uh, founder, we have one advisor, um, investor and one Um, IT programmer and so we are basically like four people so it's not like I can do be doing social media day in day out (laughs) Um, but but I'm I'm looking really to grow it Um, so yeah like I said it would be great if you could just uh, hop on Twitter and uh, follow us uh, on x.com or like yeah on Instagram you can also find us but I haven't been able to post there with such a regular basis
0: yeah, Instagram's got more people on it, I think, but it's it's harder to use. But yeah, X has really helped me grow. So if you are listening to this and you like the podcast, please uh, give them uh, – wh- wh- who are they looking for? They're looking for you, and what else are they looking for when they're going for that follow and that sub, Leo?
1: Mm, can you please uh, repeat the question? I didn't quite get what you – Sure, sure. They're, they're,
0: they're looking for your account, and um, what was the name of your uh, – Oh, yeah
1: uh beyond underscore you underscore net on twitter yes
0: right on that's what you're looking for when you're looking on x to to like and subscribe so um looks like we have some uh good rate recovery uh conversations going on in the chat so that's pretty cool um if anybody has any questions here as we uh start to uh wind up with leo please feel free to ask um, anything else, uh, Leo, that you wanted to add about uh, what you guys are doing before, uh, before we take any questions, if there are any?
1: Well, sure. I mean, right now we're also actively looking for investors. So okay. we uh, want to expand really fast. Uh, like I said, it's about interconnection of different services and um so if uh, anyone is particularly interested any VC any uh, startup investor feel free to hit me up uh, you can find me online uh, leo costas um and um yeah also i will be launching youtube uh, soon uh, giving regular updates on building the business and uh, giving insights about, uh, behind the scenes of beyond So stay tuned for that.
0: You. Yeah. And if, uh, anybody has a hard time finding, uh, Leo and what he's doing, uh, just reach out to me and I'll direct you over to him. Um, I really think this is a great thing Anytime Anybody's willing to uh, put something out there and put the hard work in behind the scenes to try to get people help. Um, it's going to save lives. And it, it really is. I've, if my podcast, if I can get feedback from people saying, you know, uh, I really liked what you're saying, you really gave me, you opened my eyes to a couple of things. If my little podcast knew this, then this will absolutely help people. So thank you so much, Leo, for coming on, man, and talking a little bit about it. Let's uh, let's do it again after launch, if you want, and you can kind of let us know how things are going.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I would love to be there again. It was really fun talking with you. Very inspiring. Scott, thanks a lot for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take care, Leo, man. It was was so great. And everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. See you soon. Bye-bye, Scott. Bye-bye.